I'm George Lizos, spiritual teacher, psychic killer, and number one best-selling author. Growing up in a small and Christian community, I was judged and rejected for being gay and different. After a futile two-year attempt to change who I was born to be, I called myself a human abomination and almost took my own life. Fortunately, in my darkest moment, I saw the light and ventured on a healing journey of love, forgiveness, and spiritual awakening. Yet my dating life since hasn't always been all roses and rainbows, and my past dramas and traumas have definitely kept things spicy. Fast forward past many awkward dates and disappointing sex, I created Can't Host to challenge toxic gay stereotypes, explore the complex dynamics of gay sex and relationships, and create opportunities for healing and growth. If you're a gay guy seeking more joy, freedom, and authenticity in your sex, life, and relationships, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Can't Host. This is by far the most vulnerable episode I've ever done. Ah, where do I start? So this episode is with my best friend, Sargis. We became best friends five years ago. We went out on a date via Grindr, and it was a classic case of unrequited love. I fell in love with him, he didn't. But we had such a strong connection with one another that we didn't want to give it up. Every single person I consulted at the time told me you have to break this off before it gets too serious, before you get hurt, you need to let it go. But I refused to do so. We had such a strong connection, such a strong soulmate connection, that neither of us wanted to let it go. So we were very honest with one another and we managed to work through it. So in this episode, we have a conversation. We met up during Christmas. Sargis lives in the Czech Republic. I live in Cyprus. At the time when we met, we both lived in Cyprus. He came over to Cyprus for Christmas. We spent some time up in my country house. And I asked him, do you want to talk about this? And the reason we decided to do this episode is because so many people go through this situation. So many people go through an experience of unrequited love. And so many people go through this with a friend, sometimes a best friend. And sadly, most times, it doesn't end up in a good place. But we managed to work through it. We are a success story, touch wood, <laughs> of two people who had a situation of unrequited love but managed to work it out. And in this episode, we talk about how we managed to do this with all the details from the first message we sent each other on Grindr until the present time. I'm so excited for you to listen to this and please reach out to me on Instagram at George Lizas and let me know how you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be really grateful if you subscribed to the podcast and also review it as well so that more people can access it. Share it with your friends who need it and I can't wait to hear what you think. Enjoy. So, shall we do this? Let's, <laughs> let's start. Do you think it's going to be awkward? No, I think we've <laughs> gone past this, so uh, we're just talking about it. So, shall we go all the way to the beginning, which is five years ago? So, I came back to Cyprus when I was, it was 2017. I moved from the UK here. Yes. And I think you moved to Cyprus at the same time. I moved February 2018. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, you came in 2018. So it was like six months after I came. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like that. 
And then we met uh, on Grinder in June, beginning you, of June, I think. You, you said you don't remember how we met, and now you remember no, the I remember, exact month. I remember the, the, the day <laughs> where we chatted. It was either beginning of May or beginning of June. Who got in touch with whom first? I did get in touch with you because I saw you had a very funny profile. Um, a description, yes. uh, something if you remember, something about Walking Dead, and I wasn't. I've never watched Walking Dead. Was it about the Walking Dead, or was it about the Narnia? And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out it of was the cloth. Both. You had both Narnia and both something about Walking Dead. Oh yes. So I was talking about. I don't want to see your torso or your 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 nipples or I your your reports. body. This is not the Walking Dead. <laughs> I want to see an actual face. <laughs> Fair enough. And then the other one was, I, I got out of the Narnia. closet in Narnia and I'm not going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I responded back because uh, you had something about the Tao. So about Taoism. Did I? Uh, yes. I remember, yes, actually. you had something about the Tao. So we started talking with like messages, written messages, like paragraph upon paragraph yeah. upon paragraph upon paragraph, <laughs> which to me communicated that you were into me. Okay. <laughs> and we have this conversation several times where you just communicate with people because it's who you are. Yeah. But sometimes people misunderstand that and they think... They think I'm into them, but... Yes. I'm uh, You're just, just being uh, happy, conversing, communicating with them about this specific topic. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so long story short, after chatting on... Grinder, I think we voice message a few times and we arranged to go out on to, to a restaurant up, to a restaurant. Yeah, I was there actually. I think it was the first yes. day, the second day afterwards or something like that. Yes, it was summer and I remember I didn't have a car at the time. It was like getting fixed, so I had to walk there and you had to yeah. wait like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was now in my there. mind that was a date. In your mind, what was it? It wasn't a date, it was just like uh, you know, we sat down to to talk and then and, and just Getting to know each other. Yeah, but when you were agreeing to go out, like, from Grinder, wasn't there in your mind, like, oh, I'm going on a date? No, because you, you didn't give me the vibe specifically, so I didn't come uh, for this meeting, even though it was uh, lunch. I didn't come for this meeting expecting it to be a date. I just came to talk, you know, about yes. things that we like. And we had a really, really nice... Um, backgrounds and uh, similar topics so that, that over that we bonded at least from my side yes of, 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 that being said you're right i didn't make it obvious that i was into you at the time on the, in the voice messages yeah I don't, I don't remember yeah to be honest yeah and then we went on that first meeting let's call it which yes. for me was a date and we hit it off like uh, conversation wise yeah yeah the conversation was flowing. I think I had you do your, your astrological chart for the first time and the Enneagram test. <laughs> <laughs> so you figured out everything. And then when I made it obvious and things started shifting was, I think, was it the second time we met? We went to the it park. Was, yes. So do you remember what, exactly where we went? I don't remember the park. I just remember that I told you that I want to go somewhere where there is green grass because I was missing that in Cyprus. And you said that you know a place and you took me with a car to a park. Yes. And I remember there was like some structures in that park. Yes. Yeah, so went to the park. I think I remember the park. I don't remember the name. doesn't really matter. And then we sat there having a picnic. Yeah. And then at some point I put my hand on your 
my knee. On yes. your knee. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? I freaked out, to be honest. <laughs> and there was no response from you. And I'm like, that's weird because there, there is communication. Like, we are communicating. There is interest. So I'm like, what is happening there? I was a little bit confused because I thought I was getting the vibes, but apparently I wasn't getting the vibes. So I kept the hand there. <laughs> And you were shifting around, uh, trying to get away from the situation. Yes, which... it was very awkward. I didn't know what to do at that point. Anyway, so we finished the picnic. It was the lunch break, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was your lunch break. <clears throat> so we get back to the car and I drive. And that's when I told you. Yes. Because I'm the kind of person that I'm completely honest. I cannot keep my emotions inside. If I feel something, I'm going to say it 100%. And I'm not going to hold back. I hate playing games. I hate second guessing. I hate overthinking. I hate not knowing how the other person feels. I just blurt it all out. Yes. So I told you just to be, I want to be honest with you. I am into you. I like you. So I'm sharing that. And what did you say? My response to that was that uh, when I first saw you on the picture and also when I saw you in real life, I, I didn't get any vibes that would suggest that I would like to have a romantic relationship with you. All I saw was our mutual uh, mutual interest in each other because as people we, we do things that attract the opposite. Similar things, similar vibe of the person. Uh, that's what attracted me and that's what, where I wanted things to be at. Yes. And then that's when shit got real. <laughs> Because from that moment onwards, I we, we kept on meeting like a cup a few times per week. And and also we were chatting on WhatsApp via videos, yeah. via calls, via voice messages. Yes, yes. On like different topics. So the the intimacy of the friendship at the time or whatever that was, it was getting more intimate. And, and then we kept on meeting and going out for lunch breaks. Now, during those lunch breaks, I was falling in love with you. <laughs> While knowing how, like, your boundaries, because you express your boundaries. Yeah. But I was still, like, I couldn't control my emotions because the connection was there. And I just, I was physically attracted to you. Mm-hmm. So that was going on, which made things more awkward. <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't aware at all. You weren't aware at the time, yes. Because yeah, yeah. I, we had the conversation and you thought, from let's there. move on from there. The boundaries are there, so we're going to move on. So I kept my emotions hidden up to that point for, for, for a few months, I think. Yeah. And then we had, we started doing sleepovers. Yes. Do you remember the first one? No. I think we went... Well, the first one was actually here. In, here in, so in, we uh, were now in my country house up in the mountains. In the summer. And for it was the peach festival. For the peach festival, yes. We have like a peach festival. And you came up and we stayed over and we slept outside actually. Yes. That was the, the day. And I think that was around the time that I realized that I could no longer control the emotions <laughs> and the whole situation. And I started like chatting with my friends about it. I'm like, what do I do? Like, how do I control this? So it was a classic case of unrequited love, of falling in love with a friend and not having that love being reciprocated or the feelings. So it doesn't have to be love. It has to be like passion, feelings, whatever that is. So it's basically not reciprocated. And so many people have been through these kind of situations. Yeah. So I was the first time. Well, it was, the fr- I, it was the first time that I found myself in such a deep situation when it comes to that. 
Now, at the time, were you getting any vibes from me? No. At all? No. How blind were you? <laughs> <laughs> at that point, it was obvious. I, I was still very vanilla, you know? I was just meeting you and, and you taught me all these outward things about uh, being gay. Being gay. <laughs> and so I didn't really notice anything. It was, you know, like... Like you tell me what I do. I'm like a butterfly. I see squirrel here, squirrel there. I'm like, oh, look at this. Look at yes, that. Yes. Excitement all over the place. So I wasn't really noticing what was going on like right next to me. Yes. And he, by the way, FYI, he's been through many of these situations before. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't read love, uh, like body language. So you don't read the people's body language. And then anyway... But it's part of your charm as well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's who you are. Let's let's go to the next transitioning phase, which is when I could no longer control those feelings. Oh, what made it really worse for me was that we would have sleepovers together. So we would sleep in the same bed. Yeah. So imagine mm-hmm. sleeping in the same bed with someone you're into. That physical contact, the intimacy, both physical intimacy and emotional intimacy, and the uh, frequency in which we communicated did not help the situation because it's, it basically created more opportunities yes, for me indeed. to connect mm-hmm. and to, to strengthen those emotions that I was feeling. Yeah, from, from some point, I started noticing things about you that you were trying to, you know, touch me here and there and to, to basically uh, have a uh, personal contact with me. And uh, I was, you know, getting uh, quite curious what's going on. Yes. Why, why is that? You know, why, why are you doing that? And yeah, I think uh, after some time, it was in December. It was December, it was Christmas, December, it was around this yeah. kind of time. Yeah, yeah. It's five years this kind of time. Uh, that's when we went, so you were going to fly back to Czech Republic yeah, for, for Christmas. Yeah. We were getting ready to go out and I just started crying. <laughs> <laughs> I started crying uncontrollably in bed not being able to control myself. So this was like six months of meeting weekly, at least three times a week, going on road trips and having sleepovers. So during that time, the emotions got even more intense. And it wasn't just a physical connection for me. It was the commonalities in our interests, common hobbies, common way of thinking, spirituality, like all the other topics that was making things harder because you, you can get over a physical connection much easier and much faster than you can an emotional connection or a cognitive connection. Anyway, and before we went out, I just couldn't hold my emotions anymore. And I told you that I I was in love with you over the past six months and I can no longer control my feelings and I don't know what to do with it. And I was crying and crying and crying. I'm curious, how did you, did you expect that? Did you not expect that? What was going on? Uh, I expected it already at that point. I expected it. And I actually kept asking, I think I, I kept asking you a few times, like, if there's something you want to tell me, you can tell me. And I think at, at that one point, you just uh, completely let loose and the elephant got out of the... Yes. <laughs> I think it was very helpful that you were very accepting of the whole situation. Because what happened, and that is the key to why we managed to, and how we managed to work things out eventually. And here we are five years later. Yeah. <laughs> because you did not freak out. And you did not chicken out and you did not shut me down. So I cried and cried and cried and expressed how I felt. And you heard me, you held a space. And then you were like, you know what? I've been through this situation before. I know how it feels. 
you told me that you want to be friends and it's important to you that we are friends. Yes. And you're going to wait for me and do whatever you can. Yeah, that rem- I remember that. To help well. me get there. Yes. Which was really nice <laughs> because you essentially expressed that there was some kind of a connection. That, uh, it was not all in my head. Yes, it wasn't a physical one, a sexual yes. one, there was or a, a romantic deep, one. Deep connection. We were building it over. Yes, but time. there was deep emotional and cognitive connection. How it felt for me at the time, I felt like I, I met someone who's a soulmate. And by the way, I don't use the word soulmate just for like romantic stuff. I use the word soulmate for like people in your life who you've had many past lives together <laughs> mm. and therefore you've known each other, not yeah. just in this lifetime. Right? So I'm like, I met a soulmate. How can I just let go of someone who I considered to be a soulmate? Meaning in six months, we, I, we came closer. So close, like so quickly, like very randomly. Yes, than, <laughs> than most of my friends that I've known for 15 years. And in six months, I was closer to you than many of my older friends. And it was the strength and the intimacy of the connection, the ease of our interaction yeah. was so quick and so fast that I didn't want to let that go. Me neither. That's why, that's why I gave you time and uh, let you decide how you want to solve this. Yes. So thank you for, for doing that, first of all, in the beginning. And it shows that it was a soulmate connection and it wasn't just... Definitely. I mean, the way ephemeral. we connected, how quickly it happened, there definitely was a past life uh, communication because uh, how else could it be so quickly? Yes. And so instant. Yeah. And then we went, we went downtown. We, after my crying, after I, I sobered up... We went downtown, we walked, and then for the first time you were leaving Cyprus to go back home. So we hugged goodbye and you got into the bus. And I remember walking away from that hug and I started crying. Aww. So I was crying, not, 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 not a tear here and a tear <laughs> there. It was uncontrollable weeping. <laughs> In the middle of the street, people like were talking Christmas time. In the center of Nicosia city, the capital of Cyprus. Okay, so people walking around me and I'm bawling, <laughs> just weeping. But the reason I was crying, you know what it was? is because right mm. before we, we left the house to go downtown, you asked me, what do you want me to do to make this work? How shall we make this work? And I told you, we need to set some boundaries. Yes. And do you remember those boundaries? I do believe that uh, we wouldn't meet that often. Yes. To if we would have a sleepover, I would at your place. I would sleep on your couch. Yes. And more, I don't remember. I think it was just that. It was ah, two rules. Okay. It was first rule: we would meet less often, and we would spend. We we would take Christmas off, no chatting. Ah. Uh-huh. So I could cool off. <laughs> And when you would come over for a sleepover, you would sleep in on the couch and I would sleep on the bed because that would just make things easier for me to manage. Yes. So partly the reason I was crying was because I wouldn't chat to you for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, how is this possible? I, I, I don't want to do this. It felt like a breakup in a way mm. because there was such strong emotional connection and seeing each other and consistency for six months and then suddenly I set those boundaries because I remember I had conversations with friends uh, the week before and I told them like 
all I want to do is for those emo these emotions that I feel to disappear just so I can be a friend with him because we have such a strong connection. I don't want to ruin that connection because of my own feelings, but I don't know how to do so. And I remember I even went to my Facebook group, Your Spiritual Toolkit, and I asked mm -hmm. a question to my community, oh. like 3,000 members. Okay. And my question was, do you think you can be friends? Can you be friends with someone you're in love with? And overwhelmingly, people said, no, 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 no. <laughs> you can, you're going to hurt yourself. No. All the stories were pouring in. But there was one person, I don't remember her name right now, who said, yes, it's possible. You need to alchemize your emotions from romance, from romantic and passionate emotions, or passionate emotions to friendship emotions. Mm -hmm. And that just fascinated me. I'm like, hmm, I could alchemize those emotions. I can change them and I can express them in a different way. I want to learn how to do this. I didn't know how to do it. I Googled it. I searched for, through my books. I'm like my spiritual toolkit. How do I how do you alchemize emotions? I did my research <laughs> to see how I can do this. And I decided I'm going to take action. I'm going to create boundaries and see where it takes me. And I committed in that moment that I'm not going to let this friendship go. I'm going to learn, I'm going to find a way to make it work. And the fact that you were like up for it as well, just helped mm -hmm. and just pushed me forwards and onwards. So I had my crying session going back uh, after we said goodbye. And then I'm like, okay, I was depressed for the next two days because we were enchanting, blah, blah, blah. You know how it goes. And then you texted me. Did I? Yes. You sent me a video message and then you called me showing me the snow in Prague <laughs> and the crystals falling from uh, the houses. <laughs> like completely disregarded <laughs> the boundaries, completely breaking them, calling me, sending me tags. Look at this and look at that. <laughs> yeah, because over the past half a year, you've become so close to me that I was sharing everything with you. Yes. And it was hard for me as well, you know, to suddenly stop texting you, to, to stop behaving the way I was behaving so far. Exactly. So, you know what? I, I let that happen because I needed it <laughs> and I wanted it. And I'm like, okay, it's not a big deal. We're chatting. The most important thing are the physical boundaries. So then you came back home. It was January. And we enforced those boundaries yeah. for a few months, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would sleep on the couch, I would sleep on the bed, we wouldn't see each other that often, it was like twice a week, not almost a daily. <laughs> and that definitely helped with the, the physical, the sexual uh, connection. And the emotions were withering out a little bit, mm -hmm. but to be honest with you, it took two years. Mm. And what we did that I think helped a lot was whenever I would get triggered, let's say you would date someone, or you would tell me about someone, remember? And I would yeah. get triggered, I would tell you. Or whatever, whenever my emotions would get out of hand, I would tell you. Do you remember mm. those conversations? Sometimes, yes. I do remember instances. Many instances, Sargis. <laughs> that I would come to say, Sargis, <laughs> today I felt this way, and I felt this way, and I felt this way. And then when you talked to that guy, and you were hitting on him, and you were flirting, I got triggered. Mm-hmm. And even when we went on trips, we went to Spain, yes. to Sevilla, blah, blah, blah. And you would go with guys, for example. I would have my issues. Yeah. Yeah, I remember even uh, 
at the the beach that we went to or other places that you were you were telling me a lot about your emotions how you feel at that point which was yes. uh, nice to know as well yes and what i really appreciated during that time was that you were not again shutting me down you mm. were listening to the, the emotions and you were taking an objective point of view <laughs> and acting like a third person because mm. I, i was telling you like i felt this way because you did this and you were just asking questions so <laughs> how did that make you feel <laughs> and what do you think we can do to resolve this <laughs> you were taking like um a therapist perspective right. rather than saying rather than taking personally okay and that went on for two years i think it was pretty stable in the sense that we maintained those boundaries and whenever i would get triggered i would bring it out and here's a lesson for everyone i think and this is something that i learned especially through this journey was that whenever i would get triggered by something if i did not mention it to you and i kept it inside that would make it worse for me hmm because that's one thing i said in the beginning i can't hold emotions in yes and as soon as i express them they're gone hmm i remember particularly in sevilla it was the first time you arrived and i i had my spanish classes in the morning yes and then you hooked up with someone via grinder and then we met do you remember was that in sevilla it was in sevilla <laughs> you hooked up with this person oh yes and then we met up and then you told me by the way i want to i need to tell you this because i'm going to be awkward this so and so happened and then we went to have burgers i remember exactly the story and as soon as you told me i felt this punch in my stomach that i would feel for a long period of time mm -hmm. whenever you told me about your sex stories okay because i would take it personally mm -hmm. like what's wrong with me yes like why not me yeah that was the the story that was going in the back of my mind which escalated to the nudist beach yes which we're going to talk about yes, but yes. we're before the nudist beach now if you're listening to this hold on <laughs> it gets better <laughs> so we're still in sevilla i was in the two years like first year after setting those boundaries He told me about he told me about that uh, sex aid and I, I felt this punch in my stomach we went to the restaurant and I was like you know what if you were you were talking to me and I was just not replying I, I shut down yeah and eventually I told you Sargis whenever you, when you told me that you slept with this guy I just felt bad about myself I was like why not me why this why that it just felt awful mm -hmm. to remember this yes or have you blocked those uh, <laughs> memories I remember this okay uh, and but After I saw, told you that, the emotions were gone. Mm. And then we could move on from that. So a tool that I learned then that I kept on applying is that whenever I get triggered, if I express those emotions to the other person and the other person is understanding and accepting of them rather than shutting me down or getting defensive, that helps in navigating the situation, dealing with those emotions, releasing them and transmuting them into something more positive. Yes, and I I could see that you actually uh, kept doing it even after that with uh, not just emotion uh, emotions towards me or emotions generally you were feeling. Like when you we talk about a lot about what we're feeling at this moment at that point at that moment and that it actually eases and helps up the the situation that we have. Uh, if we had any dispute any fight that we couldn't find uh, the the midpoint talking about how we were feeling at that point actually e eased up 
situation. Exactly. And we, we kept doing this with each other. Yeah. With every matter and every subject. I'm curious, during those two years that I was doing this, that you knew that essentially I was still in love with you mm. and I was attracted to you, but I was managing those emotions. What was going on through your head? I think still at the beginning, after that rant that you had, uh, after that, uh, when I came back from Czech Republic, I was still feeling awkward. I didn't know how to behave, you know, how to act. What can I say? What can I not say? Uh, it was a weird from, from my side as well, because uh, like you didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do either. It was, mm. you know, we were kind of blind there. But moving onward, it became easier and easier, you know. I think that half a year, that was the hardest part. Mm. Uh, after that, it got easier and I could act more naturally around you as yes. well. Now, when I was expressing those emotions that I was feeling and my triggers to you, how did you feel? I felt really great because you were trusting me uh, and sharing those emotions, how you feel and opening, even though it was hurting you because it was very emotional at that point. I, I, it was really nice to see that you want to keep working on our relationship and not just leaving it behind. Yes. <laughs> um, so he's uh, just laughing by the way because <laughs> he said behind. We have this this inside joke where we're arguing: is it behind or is it behind? <laughs> so, so message me on Instagram and let me know: is it behind or is it behind? <laughs> Shall we talk about the perfect storm, which was the end of this whole ordeal for me, which was two summers ago at the nudist beach. That's when we started going to the nudist beach. Yes. That was the end of me essentially being in love with you mm. and finally completing the cycle of transmuting and alchemizing those emotions into purely friendship emotions. FYI, I haven't told you this before. I'm no longer in love with you. Oh. I don't think I've ever announced this. I, I, yeah, I don't think you did. No, you did not. Definitely. I'm announcing it now. Okay. Good to know. And I'm no longer feeling sexual desires towards you. Okay. It doesn't mean I don't find you attractive. <laughs> <laughs> but it became completely a friendship for me. Mm. Like completely. 100%. Yes. Is there a possibility for those emotions coming back? I think there is. I think there always is with someone you were in love with before. Yeah. However much you try to, to lie to yourself that you don't feel anything, there is always a little door that could open. It could. Okay. But I don't feel that. And the no I realize that is I, I don't get hard when I'm around you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> Whereas in the past, that was my way of judging. Like, am I, am I over him yet? Let me check. Oh, yes, I have a hard on. No. <laughs> so it's no longer the case. Okay, so we started going to the nudist beaches. And, I mean, that made things trickier. A, we were naked around each other. It's a freaking nudist beach. Mm. So we were naked around each other in the summer, okay, outside on a beach <laughs> with other hot gay guys around us. And that's when I got triggered as fuck. Not just with my emotions towards you, but with whatever was happening on around me or not happening on around me. Mm -hmm. So what happened was, that was, this is from my perspective, you were pulling all the guys. <laughs> we were going somewhere and all the, you were magnetizing all the hot guys around. Okay. And I was not. So it started triggering 
emotions and limiting beliefs and fears that I had about myself, first of all. Like, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not handsome enough, I'm ugly. At the basis of it is I'm not good enough, yeah. which goes all the way back to my traumas from childhood and being bullied and being judged and being called a weirdo. So all the traumas that I had from my past, from my childhood, were being triggered about my self-image, about my sexuality, about everything. Plus, I was seeing someone that I was into get on with other guys, yes. essentially. So... I was getting triggered because, again, I started comparing. Why not me? What's wrong with me? Am I ugly? Like, what's what's happening? Like, I, I would see guys that I would consider to be, for example, uglier than me. Talking from an ego perspective, by the way. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone is ugly. I think it's just a matter of taste. So this why not me, which was based on years and years and years of feeling like I'm not good enough, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not sexy enough in childhood, were being triggered during that time until it created the perfect storm. Now, before I explain the perfect storm, I want to hear from your perspective. Where are you seeing this jealousy, this comparison happening? And how are you reacting to it? I did see uh, the comparison because you were like that the whole time. You were like, a uh, very competing person you compete about everything mm. which is i'm the complete opposite so yes. to be honest i didn't see it the way you saw it because i wasn't comparing you to other people or other people to other people i was just going around and uh, i actually felt similar to your way that i could see that the guys for example that i liked didn't like me back oh really yeah i mean there were instances like that and like means that? Yes, as well. Ah, okay, you see? <laughs> so we, we, we all perceive things from our own limiting beliefs <laughs> and our own issues, mm. which makes sense. Our limiting beliefs and our traumas shape our perception of ourselves and what happens around us. And we see things through our own skewed way, essentially. Yes. Our own self-colored glass. So the perfect storm... The perfect storm was one particular day on the nudist beach, one Saturday, that we were going to meet later on with my other best friend, a girl, my friend from school, who was coming over to meet us and we were going to go out in the evening. So Sargis and I were supposed to spend the whole day on the nudist beach. So we go to the nudist beach and we're laying on the beach. It was me, you and two other guys Mm. that were sitting there naked. And I think I was telling you at some point, oh, we should start something with these guys. Maybe we should like flirt with them, blah, blah, blah. And you were like, no, 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 I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like them. I'm like, okay. And then we went around cruising. I went cruising and then you went cruising. And at some point I was there on the the beach laying and then you went cruising by yourself. And then suddenly I see both two guys disappearing. And it was just me there. And I'm like, what is happening? I wanted to go cruise as well, but I'm like, I can't leave all the stuff here. Yes, I'm that kind of person. (laughs) And then... You come back from that eventually, like 30 minutes later, and you tell me that you ended up doing something with both two guys. Like you were approached by one and you did something and then the second one came. Oh, yes. That was the perfect storm, Sargis. Ah. <laughs> you forget everything. Yes, I do. Yes, if you I do forget. <laughs> of course you do. So you ended up doing something with both two guys that you previously said you didn't like. And yes. then I'm left, what I felt, I'm like, I'm left there. Like looking at the stuff and staying, like taking care of our possessions while you're out there having fun. 
So that's when I got really triggered. I went home. My best friend came home to meet us and I just burst out crying. It was my second time with you, completely falling apart Mm. because all the two years of trying to monitor those emotions and alchemize them and change them and repress them in some cases broke like out. All my traumas from my childhood and my triggers came up to the surface and I couldn't deal with it. And I was crying and crying and crying. And I was telling my friend, Marianne, I'm like, what is happening with me? What's wrong with me? I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not this, I'm not that. What's wrong with me? And you were patiently waiting outside. (laughs) But that's when I realized I needed help. I realized even though I do this work, and even though I have tools to help me, I couldn't help me in that situation. Mm. Too so much on you. It was too much. Point. It was. I couldn't yeah. deal. Yeah, because too much and you couldn't realize what to do first. Yes, and it was not just my feelings towards you. It was so much More. shit from my past. So that's when I worked with a coach with a technique called IEMT, Integral Eye Movement Therapy, which is a psychotherapeutic technique to help heal PTSD and to help reframe our identity and the way we see ourselves and release limiting beliefs. And I did three sessions, only three one-hour sessions. And during this time, because I was very focused, I dealt with all the traumatic memories from my past and all those limiting beliefs, mm. and I completely obliterated them. <laughs> I, was, I was so pleased with the work that I trained in IEMT, in this modality, I did the, the, the first course and I did the advanced course. And now I work with, with people and I help them deal with their own fears, with their own limiting beliefs, with their own traumas. And I do this every single day now. It's like the main thing I do. Mm. And you did it afterwards as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. You also became trained in the modality because I did a session on you and you like loved it. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I want to learn how to do this as well. That's so, true. <laughs> so this is an eye movement therapy kind of a psychotherapy technique. Anyway. So that was the completion of this cycle. Yes. And after that, I had this tool that I could use to deal with any trigger that came up. Yeah. Triggered, triggers did come up after that. But I knew that I, could, I would go home, I would identify the trigger, and I would use IEMT to take me back to the traumatic memories, to resolve them with eye movements and let go. And through this technique and EFT tapping, and journaling and all my other techniques, I managed to completely transmute those emotions. And the reason I realized this was working is because I wasn't getting as triggered anymore when I would, when you would tell me about your sex dates, for example. Mm-hmm. And then my graduation party was when we went to a sauna in Spain. Graduation party because <laughs> I would see you do things with other guys and I would not get triggered anymore. I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling the punch in the stomach anymore. That like, something's happening here. And now I am still testing myself. Like whenever you tell me about guys or or, or grinder dates, mm-hmm. like like last week, even you told now, me, even like, last week you told me you went on a date, right? Yes. I was checking to see if I feel something. Uh-huh. Okay, I felt something, but that was my PTSD from the punches I used to feel in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it was me expecting to feel a punch. Yes. And, and remembering no how the punch felt rather than feeling the punch. Mm-hmm. So it almost completely, those feelings completely dissipated That's right great. now. And I don't, mm-hmm. don't get triggered anymore. And five the f- years. Yeah, five years later, here five we are. Later. Oh, four, four years later. And this summer, 
when we went to the nudist beaches, I also noticed that as a result of healing my own limiting beliefs and fears and the way that I saw myself, by starting to see myself as sexy and handsome and beautiful and, and, and hot, whatever, mm. I started attracting different experiences. Yes. I started being the, the dick yes, magnet. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was a dick magnet this year. And I'm like, what is happening here? Well, what happened was I changed my consciousness. Yes. And the way that I perceived myself and the past. That changed the whole vibe about you. Completely. And now I have a sex podcast. <laughs> <laughs> A lot can change in a few years, right? Indeed. So, Sargis, closing thoughts about our friendship and this journey of transmuting my feelings, essentially. Many people go through these kind of situations, okay? Where That's they true. fall in love with someone who's not in love with them. Or they, they have feelings towards a best friend and they're not reciprocated. What would be your advice? My advice to them, if the two people want to retain a relationship mm -hmm. a fr friendship they need to both be invested as we were yes they need to work things out especially the person that has the romantic feelings yes there will be more work on that mm -hmm. but uh, essentially communication mm -hmm. is very important in this case communicating like you said all the feelings that come up, all the emotions that come up to the other person. So both of them are aware of what's going on. And uh, patience, communication and patience. 100%. I think mm. the communication is the most important thing mm. from both perspectives. And by the way, we're not used to as a society to communicate those emotions. We feel embarrassed to communicate that. That is true. But trust me, it's so life-changing. Mm. It's vulnerable as fuck. But it feels so good when you just let it all out, especially if the other person is creates a safe space for you to do so, to express that. My other tip would be, and by the way, these tips are just based from our own experience. They yeah. may work or not for other people, but give them a try if you feel guided to. My other tip would be boundaries, physical boundaries primarily, and emotional boundaries. To some degree. But is. it's not really that easily controlled as yeah. the physical one. The physical one, which controls the emotional one sometimes as well, or curbs it a little bit. It can be both ways, yeah. Yes, so. that helps for sure. So communicating the emotions, having those physical boundaries, and working on the fears and limiting beliefs that are certain... To be hidden behind those. Yes, behind those emotions. Yes. Yeah. Those triggers. I always teach that triggers are doorways to our traumas. Whenever we get triggered, therefore, whenever we feel a negative emotion in response to something happening external, externally to us, that means there's something underneath that that usually goes all the way back to the childhood. And if you are spiritual and esoteric and you believe in past lives, to goes back to past life traumas as well. Yes. And then you have to do that work of identifying and releasing those limiting beliefs. And by the way, if you feel called to work with me in because I, I do work with people one-on-one -on -one, then make sure to send me either send me a message on instagram at george lizos or you can go to my website georgelizos.com and uh, you can book one of my sessions the one i suggest is the psychic clearing session because that's the one that allows me to tune into your energy field identify those fears and limiting beliefs and then guide you through both energetic processes and also this iemt integral eye movement therapy process to help you release and, and deal with those fears and limiting beliefs in a safe, 
way because sometimes if you try to deal with those emotions yourself you can get re-traumatized and that's what i realized at the time because i was getting myself re-traumatized i'm like i need to work with someone happy that you announced to me today that you're no longer in love with me <laughs> <laughs> and here's to five more years, five years of more. being bffs yes <laughs> thank you for tuning in if you have any insights or a story to share, message me on Instagram at George Lizos and tell me all about it. I would love to hear from you.